same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. The names have changed since uh, the last time we spoke, and the names just keep changing for you, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Welcome to A Few Extra Bucks, our podcast here on PeterPirates.com. Roy Cummings, I have missed you, my friend. How are you? I'm good, my friend. And uh, Okay, here's some Roy Cummings trivia. It's really not Roy Cummings trivia. It's, it's pop culture trivia. John Sebastian, the singer of that song, was the opening act for um, Steve Martin back in the 70s when Steve Martin was hot. Wow. Now, some of our listeners may not remember Steve Martin. Steve Martin was the funniest comedian on the planet back in the 70s. Maybe not as funny as Richard Pryor, but he had an act, and everybody loved it. And I saw him at the Lakeland Civic Center, and John Sebastian singing Welcome Back, Cotter was the opening act for for uh, Steve Martin. So there, there's some trivia. You know, you don't get this stuff on every podcast that you listen to, guys. I was going to say, that's the kind of stuff we miss. Exactly. You don't get that stuff everywhere. I don't know what podcast you're going to get, certainly locally, where somebody's going to explain that to you. It, it may be worthless information, but it's all accurate. And it's good fun. And that's Justin Thomas, our producer. Justin, please tell me you've heard of Steve Martin. Oh, of course. I was going to say, who hasn't heard of Steve Martin? I, that's depressing, whoever has it. All right, we'll go next level, though, Roy. Uh, Justin, do you know who Horchak is? Mm, sounds familiar, but I'm going to say no. He was the uh, the kind of the nerd and Welcome Back, Cotter, but John Travolta kind of got his start on that show. Uh, you're right. John John Travolta did get his start on that show, and, I mean, that was really – that was his ticket to stardom, so to speak. And you know what? If you want to know who Horshack was, certainly you can do the YouTube thing, but just turn on – what's his name? Mike Russo? The loudmouth on MLB.com. That's impressive. That is Horshack. All right? They were separated at birth, those two, because Horshack (laughs) and Russo are the same guy. And Russo, if you don't like it, call me up, and I'll tell you it to your face. I'm not not afraid. Oh, my God. You know, there's a Horshack in every media horde, I think, in every market. It seems like there's somebody that's kind of a representative Horshack. We we have a Horshack in this media market too, we, but we won't say who it is. Yeah, we have a few, and I think they're 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 not just males either. So I just throw that out there too. Just, 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 we're letting it fly. We're letting it fly in March Madness edition of a few extra bucks. You know what? I think there's a lot of uh, angry Buccaneer fans, and I'm not just saying Brian Anger, the punter who was released, because all the the buzz. What the heck is Jason Light doing? He was letting Quan Alexander go. He's letting Humphreys go. Uh, D-Jacks are trading him. I, 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 you know what? I don't. I, I'm not a big Jason Light defender, but I will defend him on this. What's he supposed to do, Roy? Sign Quan, Quan Alexander to all this money? I mean, Adam Humphreys. Uh, God bless him. You know, I, I wouldn't have signed him for the money Tennessee's paying. And thank God they traded D-Jacks. So I'm, I'm not really anti-Jason Light right now. No, I'm not anti-Jason uh, Light either. I, I'm not. I, I believe he's actually done a pretty good job of building a football team here because look at the players they're getting rid of, guys. Uh, people are upset that you lost Quan Alexander, rightfully so. People are upset that you lost Adam Humphreys, rightfully so. Well, guess what? Those are Jason Light products. Those are people that he drafted or found, in the case of Adam Humphreys, on the street after the draft when nobody thought he could play football and gave a chance to. So, 
um, and and probably anybody else that they lose going forward are guys that he brought in. So, uh, and they're good football players. You look at the money they're getting, that tells you right there. Now, look, you do overpay in free agency, um, and the Bucks have lost a couple of players that are, in my opinion, um, would have made them better. But uh, Jason Light's not making all the calls here. I can tell you right now that unlike the previous regime with Dirk Cutter, Jason Light is getting a little bit more. I'm not going to. I guess help is the word, but a little bit more advice, a little bit more push, certainly a little more push back, and a little more guidance on just who the Buccaneers are keeping, getting rid of, or bringing in. And um, you know, in, in this case, uh, look, I think the organization clearly they wanted Quan Alexander back. They they offered him a contract. They wanted Adam Humphreys back at a price. Um, when you go beyond the price. When you're in the cap situation the Buccaneers are in, you got a chance to lose a guy. So we'll see what happens. You know what? We'll see what happens with Adam Humphreys without Jameis Winston. How many times have you heard anybody say that? Adam Humphreys is a good football player. How good is he without Jameis Winston? We'll find out in Tennessee. You know, I haven't heard anybody say that. That's why we bring you to the table, my friend. And, you know, this is an example. I just listed three players, Adam Humphreys, Deshaun Jackson, and Quan Alexander. This is an example of why you believe – Absolutely, positively, nothing from coaches and general managers at the Combine. First, let's bring in Bruce Arians on Deshaun Jackson at the Combine. We had a long, a long sit down. Um, from my perspective, I thought it couldn't have been any better. Um, you'd have to talk to Deshaun to find out what his perspective is. But I thought it was great. Uh, look forward to working with him. All right, let's go to Jason Light on Deshaun Jackson just a few weeks ago at the Combine. Deshaun's been an, a great great player in this league for a long time. And, you know, we like speed. Bruce loves speed. And um, he fits the bill there. He hasn't lost a step last I looked. And so ideally would love to have an opportunity to see what we can do to keep all of our good players. Now, to be fair, I know they have to kind of have the middle ground there. They can't reveal their cards. And, and to also be fair, I'm not ripping Bruce Arians and Jason Light. Every head coach and every general manager does this. But I think the one person who's been honest the whole time, Roy, is Deshaun Jackson. His Instagram post, I didn't really understand anything he said, but he couldn't have been happier to get out of the Bucks and go into the Eagles, his former city where he, of course, came into the league. That guy was never happy here, I don't think. Not, not much at all. No, he was happy when he signed his contract. Uh, it was all downhill after that, unfortunately, which, you know what? I, I hope Buccaneers fans, as, as it, and, and I'm not saying that the Buccaneers are sitting out free agency, um, you know, necessarily. I don't think that's the case. They don't have a lot of money, a lot of money to play in free agency right now, so I don't think they're going to do anything real special. Signings like Dion Buchanan, the new punter, is about kind of what I expect them to do. But what I hope fans are beginning to realize is because we hear this every year at this time. Go out and get players. Go out and get this guy. Go out and get that guy. Pay what, whatever it takes. Don't let him leave town. Don't let him leave the building. Sign that guy. Sign this guy. Nobody, gentlemen, nobody complained. You can go down the list of free agents. No Buccaneer. I, I don't remember anybody publicly, whether it's a media person, uh, a Buccaneer person, obviously, even a lot of NFL, you know, national NFL types, and a lot of and, and the major vast majority of fans, I don't remember anybody complaining about the free agency signings when the Buccaneers signed. Take your pick: Anthony Collins, Michael Johnson, Ryan Jensen, Dexter Dexter Jackson, uh, or Deshaun Jackson rather, 
Um, I don't remember anybody complaining about the Buccaneers when they signed any of those guys. Swaggy Baker. Go down the list. When the Buccaneers brought those players in, no matter the cost, everybody said, oh, yeah, good move, smart move. When the Buccaneers went out on a limb and paid more money for a a number of – when they signed – you know, gave – made Jensen one of the highest paid centers in the game, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Nobody complained, but what did it get him? It got him nothing. And unfortunately, when those deals don't work out, you end up in the situation the Buccaneers are in now. They're in a situation now where they're, it's really tough. They need to win now because Bruce Arians is not here for the long term, guys. He's here for three years, maybe four, maybe five. I even doubt that. Um, but we're talking somewhere like three years. Buccaneers need to win now, get to the playoffs, build themselves into a playoff team, get better. The problem is all of a sudden they don't have the cap room necessarily to go play in free agency. So, and they have, they don't have enough really to keep some of their own best players like Quan Alexander, Adam Humphreys. They don't have enough money to go out and pay players who are better. So now they've got to, what are they going to do? I don't know. I think they're in one of the toughest spots as an organization that they've ever been in. Um, So that's my little rant on free agency. But, uh, in terms of what you're saying about Deshaun Jackson, you're right. Uh, he was honest from the moment he got here. Uh, he was honest when he didn't like it here. He was honest when he got here and liked the money. He was honest about not really wanting to work very hard. Um, the Buccaneers got exactly what they bought with Deshaun Jackson, uh, but they bought it because they were they thought they were that player away from being uh, a playoff team, and that's why they did it. And unfortunately, when you miss the playoffs, when you think you're just a free agent or two away from being a playoff team, you end up where they are now, which is uh, far from a playoff team and trying to somehow make yourself into one without a whole lot of money to do it. If Bruce Arians is here for five years, I'll start DVRing The Bachelor and you can pop quiz me every Tuesday when it's over, Roy. By the way, tonight is a big finale for The Bachelor. You've missed one of the most dramatic seasons ever. For the bad. Oh, no, 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 wait, wait, my friend. I saw enough of your boy. What's his name? Colton? Is Colton, that his name? Colton Underwood, former right. uh, former tight end. All right. Former tight, former tight end acts like um I mean I don't want to I don't want to even compare him to anybody to offend anybody. I think he's he's uh I mean, I saw one episode with my girlfriend and that was enough. I was one and done because that guy I, you know, don't get me started on I mean, I don't even want to stain this podcast with my thoughts on that, but uh, we'll move on. Here, here's my thing. Here's my thing. He should on, have picked uh, Tasha. Okay, let's just leave it at that. Okay, I think we can all agree he should have picked Tasha. Cassie wasn't all in from the beginning. She's kind of maybe a Deshaun Jackson type. Wow. Not all in. Should have picked Tasha. We'll leave it at that. Well, we got we got Steve Martin demographics. We got Welcome Back Cotter demographics. Now we got the Bachelor. Man, we're rolling here. We got everybody listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> Listen, you know when you talk about, I think free agency. To me, looking at the drafts of Jason Light, you know, sure he had that great draft in 2015, but you lose Quan Alexander, maybe your best pick that you had as a general manager when you go for value there. I mean, 2016, you're looking at Vernon Hargraves and Noah Spence and Aguayo. You got Beninock in the fifth round. You know, 2017, you got O.G. Howard and Chris Godwin. We don't know about Kendall Beckwith. 2018, yeah, Vita Vey looks like he's a player, but Ronald Jones, M.J. Stewart, Carlton Davis, Alex Kappa, a lot of question marks, Roy. A big reason the New Orleans Saints turned it around. They nailed the draft the last couple of years. 
they haven't nailed it under Jason Light. To me, that's a bigger problem than free agency. Yeah, they've they've made they've had some misses, particularly at the running back position. They've missed. Um, you know, I like a lot of the other things they've done. The Alex Kappa thing, we have to wait and see. You know, I think part of the reason, you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of people look at the draft and they immediately fall in love with the new players, not realizing that hey, number one, it takes time for some of these guys to develop, especially anybody picked in the third round or later, probably, um, especially for offensive linemen. Alex Kappa, take him for example. Um, you know, a lot of people fell in love with Alex Kappa. They thought he was the second coming of Ali Marpet, um, you know, because he was small school uh, guy, guard, the whole bit. You know, it all fit. But at the end of the day, you know, Alex Kappa last year didn't prove to be even better than Caleb Beninock. That's why he couldn't get on the field on a Sunday. So um, you're right. It has not been a great draft record for Jason Light. I think, I hope that with Bruce Arians around, um, maybe he makes some better picks. I, I, I think Jason Light has made some very good picks. Um, as I said, Quan Alexander, Adam Humphreys picking him up off the street. I think he's done a very good job in a lot of areas, but he certainly hasn't hit, you know, 750. And, you know, that's kind of what you have to hit, I think, in the draft in order to really get a playoff team and, and not get yourself into cap trouble. But, uh, you know, he's made some very good picks that are, that are working out, and uh, he's made some that haven't, and that's why they're still filling holes. And, Unfortunately, this is, this team's got a lot of holes right now. Well, I kind of disagree because Jason Light, to me, is a top-heavy GM. Yeah, Mike Evans, that was a great pick. But after that, not a lot of hits in that draft. 2015, Jameis Winston still kind of wait and see, but that was his best draft. He had Donovan Smith, Ali Marpet, and then Quan. 2016, I don't see any hits in that draft. In 2017, O.J. Howard was a no-brainer. Uh, you and I, uh, anybody watching The Bachelor would have picked O.J. Howard if he fell in his lap like that. And then 2018, Vita Vea, I like the aggressiveness. But after that, we got a lot of question marks. For I think it's top-heavy for Jason Light in his drafting. Yeah, I think you're right. He, he They've struggled. But you could say that. But, you know, at the same time, um, and again, now he's gone. Adam Humphreys is a guy off the street. Cameron Brate's a guy that was basically off the street that they – pulled away from uh, uh, from the Saints when the Saints let him go for some strange reason. Um, look, I, I, I think they've got a very good, promising backup quarterback in Ryan Griffin, another guy that they basically pulled off the street. I think Jason Light has done a better job of picking up post-draft free agents, college free agents, guys off the street after the draft that didn't get drafted than he's done on day uh, certainly day three of the draft and even day two of the draft. So I, I see your point. Uh, and I can't disagree with it. Um, but I think when you look at the draft, as they say, uh, you do have to look beyond just the draft itself. And you have to look at the players that are brought in off the street as, uh, you know, rookie free agents, guys that they bring in uh, on tryout basis, because he's, he's had some hits there. Um, and, and, you know, th- those, those are guys that help your team get better, too. He's top heavy. He's bottom heavy. But the middle has been pretty ugly yeah. for Jason yeah. Wright. Yeah, let's talk about Quan Alexander. I think that you could make a case where he's Jason Light's best draft pick. Uh, I know Donovan Smith and Ali Marpet have been steady, more than steady sometimes. But Quan Alexander, everybody calls him the heartbeat of this Bucks defense, and we'll use past tense now. And Jason Light even used that expression recently at the Combine. But here's what he had to say at the Combine about the prospects of keeping Quan Alexander. We've had several talks throughout the course of this, dating back to last offseason, and I think now we'll just have to see what the market is and uh, take it from there. We certainly value him, though, and I'm not trying to say that we don't 
value him. So we do value him. We just have to come together and figure out what that, what that is, and hopefully we can get something done. All right, I'm going to be fair to Jason Light. I don't think he should have a job. He brought in Bruce Arians. I think that's why he still has a job. But to be fair to him, the Niners paid way too much for Quan Alexander. They couldn't compete with that, Roy. Yeah, you think? Yeah, they did. Um, I'll tell you what, I, I like what John Lynch is doing as a general manager in San Francisco. Um, but in this case, I think he may have overpaid. Now, John, look, John Lynch knows Quan Alexander. All right, he watched him develop. Uh, before he became general manager, he spent an awful lot of time here in Tampa watching the Buccaneers uh, on tape, um, you know, as he, in his role as a Fox uh, sports analyst. So um, he knows the player. and But, yeah, he overpaid, I think. And um, you know what? My guess is they're pretty confident that, uh, uh, that he's going to live up to the contract. That, that's really the key is does the player live up to the contract? They're, they're not paying Quan Alexander on what he's done prior – they're paying Quan Alexander for what they think he's going to do. And in that regard, I can see why they would pay the money they paid. It, it does seem like it a lot. I, I agree that it's they overpaid. But look, I think I think all of us would also agree that Quan Alexander has the ability to play to the level of that contract, uh, particularly if he's in the right system and uh, and got good players around him. So, look, he, he's a heart and soul guy. You know, yeah. I yeah. mean, he he could become a star in San Francisco. He was a star here. And uh, and virtually a, an NFL star because he's got he's got some charisma he's got some savvy so um, he's a guy that uh, I think he'll play into the contract I mean for his sake I hope he does um, it's unfortunate though but this is one of those cases where the Bucks my my guess is they had a they had a price and if if he exceeded that price um, he wasn't going to be part of the team because I'm pretty sure that the Buccaneers that well not the Buccaneers but I'm pretty sure that Quan Alexander was going to go back to the Buccaneers and say look. This is what I've got. Can you match it? And the Bucks just at the end of the day had to say, no, we can't do it. Quan Alexander's a football player. That guy's just born to play football. And you don't see a lot of guys like that. It would have been interesting to me, Roy, to see if Quan Alexander didn't get hurt. Uh, I think there's no question he'd be on this team right now. I agree. Yeah, you're right. I, I think you're absolutely right about that. Because they probably would have done a deal uh, somewhere in the offseason. Um, you know, that's the other issue is, you know, can he, can he come back from that knee surgery? The Buccaneers may know some stuff that others don't. Maybe that's another reason why they they held fast on their dollar figure um, and ended up uh, not re-signing the player. They may know a little bit more about that knee than uh, than, than other teams. But um, if that's the case, then good for them. But again, I would never quant, count Quan Alexander out in terms of coming back from an injury. This is one tough kid, man. And um, he, he's hungry. He's hungry and he wants it bad. You know, the good news for Quan Alexander, too, is uh, I love his hairstyle. It doesn't have to really change it that much with the San Francisco colors. Maybe exactly. just keep hair dude, too. Right. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him have that, that 49ers logo uh, etched into the, into the side of his, uh, of his uh, haircut there. So that's, that's, that's his style, man. I have nothing bad to say about Quan Alexander. Always approachable from the, from a media standpoint, and you know, to me, he's a guy that really always wants to get better. Has a real passion for playing football, so you got to appreciate that. Let's talk about you know the quarterback position. Ryan Griffin has been brought back, still has not played one snap in the regular season. But I thought that was a good move by the Bucks, and to me, it shows that Ryan Fitzpatrick's days are probably gone here yeah well look you know for sure that Bruce Arians doesn't want a quarterback controversy you've heard him say it 
if, if you've got two quarterbacks, you don't have any. Um, you want one quarterback, he's your starter, and another guy, and he's your backup. And if you have to go to the backup, well, you better hope the rest of the team plays well around him and, and makes it easier for him because we're not counting on that guy to necessarily uh, you know, be a star. So um, this is a smart move by the Bucks. This is a guy who, uh, you know, let's face it, I think if, if Dirk Cutter you know, gives you his blessing as a potential starter in this league, uh, that's, that's good enough for me. And I think Dirk Cutter and Bruce Arians are of like minds when it comes to quarterbacks, and uh, at least in terms of their talent. Um, how you use them may be a different uh, conversation. But in terms of talent, I think they're of like mind, and uh, I don't think there's any question that um, uh, both of those guys see Ryan Griffin as a, uh, a real sleeper in terms of uh, quarterback talent uh, going forward. What would a podcast be without Jameis Winston? I've seen Jameis Winston do a lot of interviews lately and uh, kind of the coach coach speak, or they've coached him up to say the past is the past. We're looking forward to the future. I love Bruce Arians. Kumbaya. Let's all have a group hug. But this is what Bruce Arians had to say about Jameis Winston on what he needs to work on at the combine. Uh, there's a few mechanical things. You know, uh, you can't be Superman on every throw, which he, he can be, but – and when you have great ones, they think they can be, but you, you just got to pick and choose sometimes when you want to be Superman. What's the better news for Jameis Winston since the season's been over? That Bruce Arians is the head coach or that Deshaun Jackson's no longer on the team, Roy? I'm going to take that Deshaun Jackson's no longer on the team because that was a distraction. Yeah. Um, there was nothing wrong with the job that, that Dirk Cutter and Mike Bajakian did uh, with, with uh, Jameis Winston. Nothing at all because they took this kid – uh, his raw talent, refined it uh, over the course of four years. And this kid took strides and did things that very few other quarterbacks, and in some cases no other quarterback has ever done in this league. You look at the numbers he's put up, uh, some of the plays he makes. Um, you know, Is he a risk taker? You're never going to coach that out of him. Bruce Arians isn't going to coach that out of him. Uh, in the scheme that they play, uh, you take more risks, and therefore you have more mistakes uh, as they show up on, on paper uh, in the form of interceptions and things like that. Um, but no, Mike Bajakian and Dirk Cutter took Jameis Winston a long way, and they deserve a lot of credit for it. Uh, they won't get enough credit uh, from the fans in this area for it. Um, but uh, Bruce Arians is going to take them a little bit further. But you know what? Um, Deshaun Jackson was just a horrible distraction. Deshaun Jackson was a guy who, and I didn't think this was possible, Deshaun Jackson was a guy who got into, into, into Jameis Winston's head. Deshaun Jackson came in, and Jameis yeah. Winston started thinking, oh, i got to get him the ball. I, I, I can't throw everything to Mike Evans and Adam Humphreys and Cameron Brayton anymore. i, I got to yeah. get Deshaun the ball. That's what we're about. We're about throwing it deep, right? And all of a sudden, Jameis Winston isn't Jameis Winston anymore. He's trying to please somebody else instead of playing the game. Jameis Winston will be, will be a much better quarterback without Deshaun Jackson than, uh, than, than uh, a lot of quarterbacks would be with him. Okay, let's go to special teams before three and out. Uh, Brian Anger, let go by the Buccaneers. They're looking for a new punter. And, uh, you know, there's a guy by the name of Matt Bryan out there. I know Santos had his moments down the stretch, but can you address Anger and should the Bucs uh, bring in some competition for Cairo Santos? Because I think they should. Well, they do have some, some competition for Cairo Santos. They brought in a kid from Denmark who I'm in love with, okay, because he's from Denmark. You know, I'm Danish, so he's from Denmark, so we love him. <laughs> Jeez. So they've got some competition there, but I do think they should 
if they can. If you can sign Matt Bryant, bring in Matt Bryant. Now, again, that, that may be something they do late in free agency. He's coming off a bit of an injury, too. Um, I think that's a move they want to make. Uh, the Buccaneers do have a punter. They brought in the kid from San Francisco. It's almost like the Bucs traded Quan Alexander for a punter who finished, hey, 24th in net punting average last year, just ahead of uh, the, the Brian Anger who finished 25th. So, you know what? They got better. Yeah, you know, uh, my whole thing with uh, Matt Bryant is if Matt Bryant just comes into the Bucks and he, and the Bucks win, Matt Bryant, to me, he's got to go out after that. I mean, that you got the Matt Bryant curse, and then he comes back. I mean, we'll see what happens there. You know, Santos was kind of up and down. I think you you got to look at more options there. Maybe your Denmark uh, kicker. We'll see what happens. But Justin, <laughs> you know what time it is, right? I, I do. Three and out, baby. We haven't done this in a while, but, man, it's March. It's all approaching mid-March, which means uh, the football season 2019 style has begun, and so have we. These are three hypothetical questions, and we're out. Uh, number one in our three and out. Roy, I want to ask you this, and Justin, I'm going to have Justin go first. That's the way we're going to do this, right? Justin first, then Roy? Sure. Okay. You know, everybody talks about the draft. Everybody talks about free agency. I thought about this the other day. What if they had the draft first and then free agency? Would you go for that, or do you like the way it is now? Oh, wow. You know, I'm sure there's a reason that it is in the order that it is. Uh, but to me, I don't know. It kind of makes more sense to have the draft first, see what who you're able to get, and then fill up the needs uh, from that point. But I guess I guess people do it the way it is now, just the opposite. Um well, that's a good question, Mike. You know what? To change it up, I'm going to take the draft first and then free agency. There you go. Roy Cummings. I think the way they do it now is basically kind of a – I'm not sure it's written down anywhere, but kind of a wink and a nod agreement with the Players Association because if the draft came first, you would have less money going to the free agents. Um which would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Because if you just spent a first round draft pick, let's say, for example, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars just spent a first round draft pick on a quarterback uh, because they need a quarterback. Well, now Nick Foles is out $20 million or $19 million, however it is. And um, so I think there's kind of a wink and a nod approach to it um, because really, you know, free agency is where you fill holes that you didn't, you know, fill through the draft. So, Logically, you're right, Justin. It makes more sense to have the draft first. That's how you should build your football team. But if you did it that way, um, the money would not be the same for the players. And so I think there's, um, you know, there's so much money, run, you know, floating around out there for these guys that I think it's a little bit of a wink and a nod type thing where you say, okay, let's, you know, let's uh, let let's give these guys their money and and you get free agency and you fill the holes that way because you you know you never really know what you're going to get in the draft anyway, but. Um, I think that's the reason they do it. I kind of like it this way, to be honest, um, even though it might make more sense. I guess I'm a traditionalist in that regard. Uh, so I kind of like the way they do it. Um, now that the objective is to get in free agency what you need so that nobody can guess what you're getting in the draft. Um, but And I think the reason that they do it is because if you, if you knew what you had, uh, you wouldn't have to necessarily go after those players in, the, in free agency, and now those guys would be uh, – they wouldn't be worth as much. 
You know, I think if you're a coach, you'd want the draft first for, for NGM because of the reasons you stated, the cap space, and you get to, um, to me, kind of map out your team a little better. Um, I, I would like the draft first and then free agency because of, I, I think to me, the draft has so much before it, man, enough already. It's like I'm glad they moved up signing day a little bit because it was just so much before signing day. I think you could uh, maybe more guys would work out at the combine. Maybe more guys would play in the senior bowl if you wouldn't uh, stretch out this draft preview process. Maybe you'd have fewer pro days, but then you'd kind of push those up too. So I'd love to have the draft first and then free agency. But I'd really like to have free agency after the draft because guys like Deshaun Jackson, they'd have to wait longer. You know what, Deshaun? you got to wait. We're going to make you wait a little bit longer before you do all these Instagram posts about going back to Philly. <laughs> so take that, Deshaun. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, my second one in the three and out. Okay, I think the Bucks need a running back. And it's always dangerous when you do these podcasts because there's stuff breaking all the time. Who would you like to see on the Bucks if you could pick between these guys? Le'Veon Bell or Mark Ingram, Justin Thomas? Um, you know, we were talking Mark Ingram to the Bucks earlier, which I'm surprised I didn't think of, and I think it would be a great fit. Uh, I am kind of worried because some of the latest news says that the Ravens are trying to close a deal on him. So, mm-hmm. um, look, Mark is a stand-up guy. I think he's been a great player in New Orleans, and I think I'd rather have someone of his character in Tampa Bay than Le'Veon Bell. So I'm going to go with Mark if that could happen. Roy? I like Mark Ingram over Le'Veon Bell because Mark Ingram wants to play football. I'm not sure what Le'Veon Bell wants. Um, (laughs) Now, look, there's no question Le'Veon Bell is the better back. Um, But for the Buccaneers and their needs, I'd rather have Mark Ingram. You know, it's funny. I've actually heard – you know whose name I've heard connected to the Bucs guys? Adrian Peterson. Now, you've got to remember that Adrian Peterson is a guy who went to Arizona uh, during Bruce Arians last year there. So – you know, maybe there's something there um, that sort of makes sense. But look, I, I still think Mark Ingram's got good football left in him. I don't mind seeing that. Again, the Buccaneers are thinking short term right now. This is not a rebuild. They're not looking to get somebody who can be here for the next, you know, five, eight years. They're looking at somebody who can be here for the next two or three and, and get them back into relevancy. So I think Mark Ingram works. He's really worked at his, uh, his past catching skills. Uh, he's a good, hard runner. That's what they need because behind that line, you never know what you're going to get. You know, you need somebody who can, you know, get some extra yards on his own. Mark Ingram can do it. Now, of course, Le'Veon Bell can too, but how hard does Le'Veon Bell want to work? I'm, I question that. I think Le'Veon Bell's better than Mark Ingram, but I want Mark Ingram for a few reasons. I want to be kind of funny, you know, keeping Peyton Barber. They got the whole Alabama-Auburn thing going on there in the backfield. I think yeah. Mark Ingram has a lot of uh, tread still left on the tires. I mean, he had the four-game suspension last year. And he had Alvin Kamara that he's been sharing carries with for a couple of years. And frankly, early in his career, he shared carries with guys like Pierre Thomas in New Orleans. So I think he's young for his age in terms of being a running back. He's a great locker room guy. And I also think if he had more of a chance in an offense, he had some great seasons in New Orleans when he was kind of the main guy. He's like a lot of running backs. If he gets the reps and gets in the rhythm, he could be really good. So great locker room guy. I think he'd, he'd help a guy like Ronald Jones a little bit. I think he'd work with Peyton Barber. There wouldn't be a lot of ego back there. And he'd be great for this locker room. I think he would, you know, obviously Jameis Winston needs some help in the running game. And I think Mark Ingram would be the perfect guy to help in that area. All right, our last one 
in our three and out, we like to have fun a little bit. It's funny when we do these podcasts, sometimes I'll write these down. And because Roy's so good at what he does, I'll have time to think and I'll change it up a little bit. So I think this time of the year, you know, a lot of people say September is the best time in sports because college football starting and the NFL starting and all that. I tend to think March is a great month for sports. I mean, you have NFL free agency, you have March Madness, you have spring training, a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff's going on. Okay, out of those three, free agency in the NFL, March Madness or spring training, what gets you the most excited, Justin? Oh, well, that's easy. Uh, I don't follow baseball. I'm not into college basketball. So. Wow. <laughs> Gee, and I wonder what it is. <laughs> Free agency. Yep. NFL always wins. All right, Roy, what you got? You know what? For me, it's always been spring training. Um, baseball, first love. Uh, and so spring training for sure. Absolutely love it. Um, March Madness would be second. Uh, because I just, you know, who, who, who doesn't love the tournament, uh, especially if you can get into a pool with some buddies and stuff. And, uh, you know, you, 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 suddenly you start rooting for teams that you never heard of before and players you don't know anything about. Uh, NFL free agency is just a, you know, it, it, it's just a nightmare. <laughs> it's just a nightmare. And then look, uh, okay, l- let me complain a little bit, I guess. When you live our lifestyle yeah. and, and what NFL free agency means is you can never really sleep at night. Because you might go to bed, you know, at, at one or two o'clock in the morning thinking, okay, nothing's going to happen tonight. Right. And then, right. you know, just as we saw last weekend, all of a sudden Antonio Brown is traded slash not traded to Buffalo overnight at four o'clock in the morning. So the last thing you want to do during free agency is wake up and see that, you know, something on your beat uh, happened because somebody cut a deal at, you know, 5 a.m., uh, it's 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 a it's a miserable time for for reporters. I know fans love it, um, but at the end of the day, I've always thought it's overrated. And the Buccaneers are the perfect proof of that. Buccaneers have spent as much money. The Buccaneers and the Jacksonville Jaguars have done as good a job as anybody in winning the off season over the last three, four, five years. Done as good a job as anybody of winning free agency. And oh, what do they got for it? One playoff appearance that by the Jaguars who tanked last year. I agree with you, my friend, that baseball reigns supreme. I love baseball. I cover the baseball uh, scene for MLB.com a little bit. And man, spring training games are the best because they're not expensive. You get, there's not a bad seat in the house. I mean, every seat's pretty good. And especially this time in spring training, because the starters are starting to play a little more. The starting pitchers are out there. I mean, the other day in Clearwater, you got, you know, Blake Snell against Bryce Harper, man, it's the concessions are cheap. The tickets are cheap. The seats are great. I don't know how you argue against that. I will say on those lists, definitely free agencies last for me. And I didn't have to cover the beat like you did. I can only imagine what a pain in the ass that was back in the day when you, and you're still doing it. You know, it's so hard to do that. But here's my thing. March Madness used to be the best because I knew the players. And now I don't know these guys. I don't know who they are. I covered the Gators back-to-back national championship teams, and you may never see a team like that when you knew all five starters. I don't know if I could name two Florida Gator basketball players right now. So March Madness is second for that reason. It used to be one. Yeah, I go spring training. I go March Madness and then free agency. Uh, So that's kind of how it works out. Well, listen, guys, like riding a bike, like I said, back in business, we're going to be – with you, Bucks fans, throughout free agency, 
throughout the draft, throughout the entire offseason. We look forward to bringing you all, times of great, all types of great coverage. So please subscribe to PeterPirates.com. Please listen to us on uh, iTunes. Check us out on YouTube. We're on Podbean. And uh, tell your friends and everybody else as well. But uh, for Justin Thomas, our esteemed producer, for my main man, Roy Cummings, my co-host, I am Mike Neighbors. We will see you next time.